is the worship pastors from ICF. We're so blessed to have them. Um, we're going to be showing you a video. If you're here for the first time, this is the first week that we're doing two services. We're trying to kind of figure it out because the first one service is getting too packed. Um, and we're in this series called Stories of Grace, and we highlight uh, different things that have happened. Um, th this is like, we do this every couple years, but this is a special series called uh, Stories of Grace, maybe the Lahaina series, I don't know, because we've seen so many miracles. Um, but they've been gracious. They have their service after this service. So um, if you guys want to join them, if you want to stay longer and have another worship service, they're here. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a look at this video. You can turn the sub down a little bit. What a marvelous gospel. God's love but you can push the volume up. But it's based on grace. God's grace always comes with a purpose. For the purpose that our lives would glorify Him. My name is Jason Albino. Uh, my wife's name is Geraldine Albino. We have two girls. Uh, we're all in the ministry. I came into ICF back in 2001. And then we finally found a place downtown, Prison Street, Louisiana, right across my medical. So, so take, us, take us back to the day that the fire started. Man, um, past the days, you're trying to go back to it, you just realize how God really used his hand, made sure that you're going to be okay that day. Woke up Tuesday, power went out like around four-ish in our area. Uh, had all, our, all our windows were closed. Uh, I've never seen or a wind that strong ever since, ever since. We woke up later that morning we didn't really realize. We just hear everything, all that sound on our roof. Like, what's going on? And then I went out. You have to time yourself, you know, going out because when that wind shifts, it's, it's very dangerous. So when I look, I didn't realize someone's roof was already on top of our roof. Um, and then I got a text like around 4.17 saying there was a fire at Keave. I had an idea where it was, but at the same time, I couldn't really process Five minutes later, I went out. Fire was, was just a couple streets from our, from our place. And around five-ish, that's when the, the wind started shifting and just daylight to just night in split second. And then your, your feeling just changed from, from that sense of like, we're okay to like, oh no, like we gotta get out. I'm gonna cut to the chase. As I mentioned, we never had gas. I think if we had gas, it would have changed the narrative of our story. We would have perished, probably. I've always had that on the back of my mind, like, okay, we had no gas. We have no gas. So it's either left or right. If we turned right, okay, we went left. Later, a few days after, I realized when I found out that they were doing gridlocks, if we turned right, it would have been worse. So going back to the no gas thing, Somehow God really used that uh, to save us. What are, what are some of the things that you see that are just like, there's, there's no doubt there's a God? Yeah, there is uh, several really uh, amazing miracles that we saw. We were getting supplies into Lahaina. Um, they needed propane, gas, water. Um, everybody from the community came out in force, uh, loaded up a bunch of trucks. All the roads were closed. 
uh, things started happening in Lahaina where the police couldn't let anyone in. And so we gathered in circles here. We just, you know, praying and saying, God, help us get all this stuff out there. Probably five to ten minutes later, uh, the captain of one of these boats pulls up in our parking lot. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he, he said, hey, uh, we're, t- we're starting to take out, you know, supplies to Lahaina. Do you guys need... Uh, do you guys need to use our boat? And we're like, we just, we're just praying that, you know, that, that uh, we could find a way. And while we were going out in the boat, we were passing the harbor, and I took a picture because as we were passing Lahaina Harbor, there was this one structure, it's the bathroom on the, the uh, dock of the Lahaina Harbor, and everything was burnt, everything was, you know, destroyed except that one structure. And I hit my friend, and I was like, what is that? And he said, that's the bathroom. And I said, how did that make it? Because all the boats caught on fire. Like the air was so hot. And I think that something happened to the gasoline from what I heard. It spilled into the harbor. All the boats were lit on fire. Everything was gone except that one structure. And um, so I took a picture of it. What was her name again? Lucita Domingo. So she's been, she's been with us. She's been with the church for a while now. She's one of our faithful members. She helps clean the church. Um, they live right next door where the church is, so I decided to kind of like go check on them. So I was knocking. Uh, no one was there. This was like about 4.30, I think. Yeah, we, we left as that, not knowing where everybody is because there was no communication, right? Someone said that some, some neighbor picked her up. We had that assurance, like, okay, she's good. She's, she's safe. Later that week, we, we found out about what really happened to her. Recounting her story, Prison Street, she was trying to make her way to the north side. So, of course, you, you would think you would have to walk through Front Street. So she decided to do that. But on her way there, she couldn't really figure out the direction because uh, the, wind was, the wind was blowing so hard and it was pitch black and it was hot, so she didn't realize she was just circling around in one area. The first, first time she saw some boats, and then she thought maybe she should go there, but the boats were in flames, so she went again, and then didn't realize she ended up in that same area. So visibility was so bad, right? It was just hard to tell where she was, and then she found a, a spot. Later on, we found out that that was the restroom that was the only structure left standing at the harbor. And then she thought she was just looking for cover there, but she actually spent the night there praying. The beginning of the next day, uh, she came out, everything was leveled, everything was leveled. She left in the morning, went back to our place to get her suitcase. That's how when she started walking and somebody picked her up. So we missed that very beginning part part, and that pretty much the whole story of God's hand upon um, the miracle. What gets me is this, like, because the boats got burned. I'm like, what? Like, how? And then you tell me that one restroom didn't get burned. Like, just, just doesn't make sense. I think we forget that God has always been faithful. Pre-disaster, during the disaster, after. But it's during those times that 
you as a normal person, it shows that there is a God. Because of what happened too, it highlights our lives of everything pointing back to His faithfulness. And even after the this is their church fire, um, International Christian been, Fellowship Church. We've been bombarded with His goodness and faithfulness that we weren't really ready for. Job always comes to mind. We reflect or we we relate to some of his experiences, some of our experiences, to his experience, to his experiences. And I, I think about Job's life. Um, his has an end story. So we know that God is faithful and he will stay faithful. So we've really just been amazed. Church family uh, blessed us, there, there for us, prayed with us, prayed for us. Um, you guys are one of those church families that just opened uh, and cared for us as well. So we've been so blessed, not just personally, not just with my family, but the church. As Isaiah prophesies in chapter 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. Can we give God a hand? As we highlight this story, um, some people could, it, whenever we see something good happen for someone else, and maybe you're in a place where you're still struggling through some loss, um, it, the temptation is to feel like maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe I did something wrong, and that's why someone else got blessed and I didn't get blessed. Miracles are a foretaste. It's a foreshadow of the promise that God has for every single one of us in heaven. If, there was, if God did miracles for every single person and everyone lived a perfect life, this would be heaven. But what God does is he promises us that he has a place that he's prepared for us that has no sickness, has no death, has no pain or suffering. And how do we believe in that? He could have left us just to leave him and take him at his word, but he does things like miracles that allow us to believe in his promise. So rejoice with those that rejoice, weep with those that weep. Um, this is a picture of Jason uh, the second time that they went back to the church, and he is sitting in the ashes of, of the church. And um, it's such a uh, tension between celebrating the goodness of God yet being in a place of pain. And this scripture, those who mourn in Zion, is defining that tension. And uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask Jason, and Jason and um, uh, Geraldine, thank you so much. Could we give a hand for... Uh, Jason and Geraldine this morning and the team that they brought. Um, when, when he showed us this picture and we were, uh, Aaron was making the video, I, I saw that picture and I thought, man, what, what was going through your mind during that time? Because, um, you know, as a pastor, you were there 30 years uh, at this church and witnessed the goodness of God kind of like on this altar you know, I've experienced the goodness of God here, seen miracles happen here, answers to prayer. 
And to be sitting in the place where you have seen God's power, experienced his presence, and now the building is gone, you're sitting in ashes, but yet the presence of God is there ministering to you where everything else is burned. There's such, a, such an um, ironic, it's just an ironic place to be. Um, what, what was going through your head and your heart in this photo? Take two. <laughs> we did this in first service. But it might be different. Well, thank you guys for, for allowing us to share our story. Uh, Grace Bible Church, the leadership. And this is a story of deliverance, one of the many miracles out there. And I encourage you to share your story because you never know. We have Lucita here as well, the woman that was praying in the bathroom the entire night. Lucita, could you please stand? She, you are a walking, breathing miracle of God, and we just want to uh, thank you for coming. She lives on Oahu, but she just happened to be here on the day that we're doing this. It wasn't planned, but she just happened to be here, and uh, she's a testament of this story that she prayed in a bathroom, and that was the only structure that wasn't touched the entire night. So why don't we give God a hand for Lucita? Yeah, we... we I asked her, why didn't you just stay at the church and prayed over there? I mean, it would have spared our church. Why the bathroom? We can't all fit in the bathroom. Mother. But, yeah, uh, would have been a different story, right? But, yeah, what was going through my mind, uh, it was hard to grasp, to, to process. But you said it, you know, it's like both of that feeling just uh, colliding and you trying to sit there and process that. It was, it was hard. Um, but to tell you honestly, it didn't feel good. It sucks. Um, you can never practice things like that in, your, in life. You're like, you just somehow just gets put into it, right? And it's whether you're ready for it or not in that refining moment. So, and just sitting there. And I was just trying to remember all the good memories on that stage, you know, where we minister and be part of those people that have come to worship with us and in, in different experiences, you know, people giving their lives to Christ, people being baptized, people being prayed for, people just coming back to God. So all those experiences, right, right in that very place. And also, um, when I left, it also gave me that, 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 that understanding that even though we do really have like a stage platform that we, you know, we minister on, um, our heart is the very platform of that worship. And that it, it's true because God created us to worship. He didn't create these things so that we can worship there. He put that heart and he put that eternity in our hearts so that we can always connect with God and that eternity and worship him with our heart. So I didn't say that on the first service. So if you could just clip that and share one thing, if you could, on that video, uh, find a place on that video that shows uh, there's a piece of paper with some writing on it that they found. If you could just uh, find that place, and um, we want to talk about that a little bit. We didn't do that first service either. But, um, you know, one of the things keep that... Keep it fresh. Yeah, keep it fresh. <laughs> well, one of the things that was... Um, you can turn the video off so it doesn't distract as you find that, um, as you find that spot. Um, one of the things that, you know... 
that paper says is uh, from musicianship to leadership. And uh, one of the things that, how many of you were blessed by the worship this morning? Wasn't that a powerful time of worship? And one of the things that uh, I've noticed during this whole disaster uh, is this phrase, that power comes through pain. You know, power comes through pain. And one of uh, the things that illustrated that for, for me was um, during this disaster, some of the strongest people that we have witnessed um, were widows that have lost their husbands. And they were the ones that were housing 40 people, you know, the first night, the first week, um, people that they didn't know and taking people in. But because they went through their own pain, they had so much power to rise to the occasion and to have so much courage to help other people. And, you know, your worship in your pain, there's a power in it. And God's going to use that you know, in your church to bring people to the Lord. Uh, because so many people are going to be like, how can you sing about the goodness of God? How can you sing about his presence when you lost your church, when you lost your house, when you know, you're walking through the ashes of what was so precious to you before, and God is forming you. And, and um, this, Jason, you want to share uh, how, how this came about? Yeah, that's, um, that's my life in a nutshell, pretty much. So uh, I grew up, um, really got into music. I didn't go to music school, by the way. But when I served in the ministry, it was through the music uh, worship department. And when my daughter, Holly, found that paper, uh, she walked up to us and showed me the paper, and it just hit me right there. Because the reason why we wanted to go back was I wanted to retrieve my SD cards from the past travels that I haven't, you know, uh, really enjoyed yet. So um, we couldn't, yeah, uh, back from 2015, people asking me, like, when are you going to upload the 2015 videos? Like, uh cannot now. <laughs> Can't do that anymore, but yeah. Couldn't find anything, and then this paper, this partly burned uh, page, and my bishop told me yesterday that I actually own that book. <laughs> it's from the 21 Irrefutable Laws by John Maxwell, and it just, it just really hit me. Like, this is God. Like, out of all this, like, really, this is what we find. Of all the books that are inside that church, right? You find that piece of paper. And what are the chances that that very piece of paper actually speaks to my life? Gerilyn, as his wife, um, you know, one of the things, the impressions that I got just in watch, watching the video and seeing this is, you know, when God does something new, he gets rid of the old, right? Like there's always yeah. death that precedes life. And David, uh, he was a musician and he had to leave you know, uh, playing music in the fields with the sheep. And then God brought him into a place of leadership for Israel because there was enemies that needed to get destroyed. And I kind of feel like the same thing is happening. You know, as you're going through the ashes, it's like this life. I mean, God's still going to use this because David wrote the Psalms for the rest of his life. But from musicianship to leadership, um, how have you seen uh, your husband navigate the situation as far as like leading your family, leading the church? Um, well, I think there's no question about it. If you're really, truly a worshiper, like you have that 
a heart of a worship, it, it will never change. Whether we experience this, whether you're in this, your season in you're happy, you're sad, if you're truly a worshiper, you, nothing, nothing will change. And who really you are is you are. And if you really, you know, as what we have experienced and as what I've uh, witnessed to my husband, like, you know, if you're like this before and then now here God is putting you and it's another dimension of your life that I think if you worship God, if you have that heart, Pretty much there's no doubt of changing the way you, you worship and the way you know who God is really to your life. And it's just pretty much a word for us and not only for us, for those who are in a different season of your life. Um, it's just the Lord will really, really speak in his miraculous way. And now that we receive that word, it is really a word from the Lord. And even me, myself, I saw, um, you know, where you're in your season, you're doubting, you're, you're hopeless, you know, in, in denial of everything, of what is going on. But... The Lord is just so amazing that day and that Monday when when our zone was opened and you know the fir- very first um, the word that I, I saw right there is in Proverbs three five it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding acknowledge Him and He will straight your path. This is not just for us, for this family, for the church of Lahaina. But I think this is for everyone who are struggling right now and thinking that there is no hope. But there is. There is God who is really real and he is alive. That's why it's just so sad to know people don't have that heart. Like They don't believe in God. But here we are. He will put us in this position and he will really test you of who really you are and and who you are in him. And today it's not an accident why we're here and we're sharing our story, our own story. But I know I do believe there's a lot of stories and testimonies that we want to hear. But this one is just amazing and we need to... To share that there is God. No doubt. There is God. It's just grateful to be part of his kingdom. And grateful to be the servant of God. And yes, this is for, from, in behalf of the church, ICF, uh, Church of God. 
um, we will stand, we will, we will worship. <laughs> we will never stop <laughs> worshiping Him in, in every season of our lives. That is awesome. Amazing. You know, when, can I add, yeah. there, it wasn't, I didn't send it to um, Aaron, but there were a couple more papers. Uh, one was trust. Trust. I'm like, really? And then we laughed at one paper. It said, nobody's home. Like, what? <laughs> I can prove it to you. We all, we, we, yeah, we, we saved it, and we're planning on framing that thing. So, yeah. You know what, what's, what's interesting is, you know, everybody knows that scripture, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. But when it comes from your mouth and what you guys are going through, there's a power in it because you're walking it out in a way that most people don't have to walk it out. And there's power in pain. You know, there's, there's power in pain. Um, when God births something new, he gets rid of the old. And, and in all of our lives, when God does something new, you know, it's, it's so easy to focus on the thing that we've lost or the old season or the thing that we found comfort in that's gone. But every time that there's something that we lose or something that there's a tragedy, it's because there's something new. Even death, the last breath that you take in this earth is the first breath that you take on the other side. Every time God wants to do something new, he gets rid of the old. And, and it's so amazing, you know, to, to, to witness the power of that, what you just said. You know, it's exact same scripture, but very, very powerful. Um, you are saying, and um, we'll close at this. Well, you are saying when we're talking that now that everything has been stripped away from you, it's like God is looking at who you are and that in this season, God's voice has been the most um, valuable thing that you've experienced in your life. Um, can you share about that one word that God gave you um, that you hold on to and kind of when asking why is this happening um, that he shared, that he's setting you up? That doesn't sound good, right? God's setting you up. Yeah, it's a setup. I told my, my brother Jace about this. That it's a setup. I wrote, I didn't write this, but um, there was one time I was in church and I took some notes. And it reads, God sets us up so that we can experience him because his best happens in the realm of mir miracle. So, I was reminded with the Israelites when they were boxed in, nowhere to go with the Egyptians behind them, left and right. There was the, you know, they were in that, in the middle of two mountains on each side, and then there's the Red Sea. There was really no option. And you could pretty much just preach that very, uh, that very scripture, right? And... Um, and then right there and then God showed up and did his thing. Uh, and it is in that time of or moment of weakness in our lives that when we allow God to be God, 
uh, it becomes power. It becomes powerful. And Paul said, said it, that his grace is sufficient. Um, in your weakness, my grace is sufficient. That's what God said to Paul. So, um, what was the question again? I think what? you answered it. I, most. I think I did. Yeah. I think I did. Yeah. Can you repeat that? The most... Uh, God is setting you up, and and what did what does God mean by that? If you if yes. you if you were to say anything to people who are yeah. going through a tough time right now, um, what would it be? Yeah, so um, that question. We all know that we, we go through seasons in life, right? Um, and that paper again tells about my life, and I know that it may not be clear. Ushers, could we get two communion cups? It may Do you not guys be have clear. Sorry, I, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. I'm being rude, but if we could get to it. may not be really clear. I know I have, uh, God has a calling in my life for me and my family, and that's not really clear yet of what it is, but I know it's out there. But knowing what he's doing now in our lives tells me that he really is onto something, that I'm prepared for you for something, a new season in your life. And it's it's... It's a teaching moment that, hey, Jason, I think you've become too attached on the things that I've, I've given you. And it's time for me to take those things away and learn to walk my way. And so it's a different level of stewardship. Um, and I try to be a good steward in that season. Now God is calling me to a different season and a different level of stewardship. Uh, may that be leadership or something. So, yeah, for, for us, it's not that we chase suffering or we look for persecution or, or pain, but when we are in it, you just got to be prepared for that because God has equipped you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And all those words and all those songs that you sang or the songs that you've been singing, those are real. Those are living words. And when you're in it, you just got to get back to the Word of God that, you know, know that His promises is faithful to his promises. He answers. And even at times when he doesn't, you know, we just know that he's there, he's present. And he's going to go, he's going to be with you anyways in the suffering. You know, Paul said that the suffering they're going to go through is nothing compared to the glory that awaits you. So, it's fine. Bring it on in a sense, right? But like, God be with me. Like, make sure you're with me. So, yeah. Amen. We're going to take communion. If you grab your communion cup, and uh, we normally don't do this, but if you do feel comfortable doing this, um, in Corinthians, it says that we're a body and that everything happens uh, together. And um, I want to break bread. I'm going to break this in half. And uh, if you want to take half of it, I'm going to share it with you um, as a representation of uh Christ's broken body that makes us one. And so, um, worship team, could you come up? We're going we're gonna to take communion together. But, but we, how many of you want to go out with a s- celebration and a song um, declaring the goodness of God if you want to come up and... Um, let's pray. Um, if you take the bread, if you want to break it with someone next to you and you feel comfortable doing that, you can go ahead and do that. We've, I, I don't think we've ever done that since COVID because 
everybody's all sanitized and stuff, but if you feel comfortable, you can go ahead and do that. Um, I'll grab my Okay, just hold the bread. Um, God, we just thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. And Lord, that your body was broken, not just so that we could be healed, but that we could be one body among each other, that uh, we would walk as one body, we would walk united. And even as Jason and um, Gerilyn represent a different church, God, we know uh, that you work not just in individual churches, but your church body across this island. And so, Lord, uh, as an act of unity, Lord, we uh, take communion together. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, uh, your grace to heal, your grace to unite, your grace to bring beauty from ashes. Uh, we give you all the glory. You can go ahead and take the bread this morning. God, we also thank you for the cup, Lord, that represents your blood that was shed for forgiveness of sin. And Lord, we thank you that you loved us even in our sin, even in, in our rebellion when we walked away from you, you didn't hold it against us. Paul said that even while we were sinners, that Christ died for us. And God, we thank you, Lord, for that love that reaches out to us. It doesn't, it doesn't hold us at a distance. It doesn't wait for us to come to you. But God, that you came here and you died and you shed your blood to show us that you forgive us, that you love us. And so God, we, we remember your love. We remember the price that you paid, the passion that you had for us. You can go ahead and take the cup this morning. And God, even as we receive forgiveness from you, Lord, we pray that you would use us to give that forgiveness to a broken world, a world that doesn't know you, a world that might not have hope. God, we pray that you would use us to share your hope, your peace, your forgiveness, your grace. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. If you guys could stand, we're going to close. Would you, would you mind? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Can we do that one? I love that song. That's a... Now praise the Lord.